You're listening to episode 85 of the Dradcast with special guest Brian the Krogs, Krogsguard. This episode of the Dradcast is brought to you by Pagely, the original WordPress managed host. If you're looking for rock-solid WordPress hosting, contact the experts at pagely.com today. Get ready for the Dradcast. Your favorite nerds. Brad Williams and Dre Armada bring you high-octane conversations with new guests every week. Covering the latest news, insight on recent events, and interviews with tech titans. Pour yourself a quality cocktail. What kind of cocktail? Drag. Sit back and chill. Because the Dragcast starts now. That is right. It's back. Episode 85 of the Dragcast. Dre, we survived the Illy Philly WordCamp US. Man, West Coast to East Coast and back in about four days. I am completely broken, but made it through. I think we're going to make it to next year, buddy. And how many cheesesteaks did you eat while you're here? Don't lie. I, 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 in fact, no, this is true story. I got one cheesesteak in, and I got it on the last day uh, on the way home. Not the greatest of places to do it, but at the airport. And, oh, uh, the airport cheesesteak. You're killing me, Smalls. Hey, hey, look, you know, I had some uh, some uh, some folks over there that hosted me that didn't take me out to get a cheesesteak. In fact, they ditched me for lunch. I'm just going to throw that out there. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Airport <laughs> cheesesteak. You know Philly better than that. But, man, what a what a great event. I'm excited to talk about it. We've got an awesome guest on today. But, uh, sure. man, it, was, it flew by. Um, it was always good to see you. But, man, that went fast, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it went super fast. I mean, um, all, all the buildup, uh, the excitement uh, definitely uh, was worth it. Um, I'm looking forward to next year and, and actually how, how this really kind of impacts other events. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, the, the thing that excited me the most coming from the, the West Coast was the weather. It was actually pretty awesome. Amazing weather the entire time. Um, you know, I, I was I was hoping I didn't have to bundle up crazy. Didn't. And it just turned out to be a, just a magnificent, a magnificent time, man. You West Coasters are funny. Like there's so many people from California that came literally bundled, like wearing layer on top of layer on top of layer. It's like 55 degrees out. You know, no, 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 no. Let's keep it real. Beautiful. It was in the forties. It was in the forties, but it, it wasn't bundle weather. It oh, was geez. certainly hoodie hoodie weather. <laughs> oh, All right, well, let's get into it. We got uh, an awesome host. He's back. This is the second time hosting the show. The creator and editor of Post Status, Mister Brian Krogsgard. Brian, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, guys. How's it going? It's going. And you were actually at WordCamp US as well, so. Was, I was it chilly? And was it warm and sunny? Was it cold? You, what's, your, what's your take? I, coming from Alabama, I also brought way too many clothes, but uh, <laughs> it did not need more than more than a jacket. And I was sitting over here frowning, as big of a frown as I could have when I heard Dre say he had one cheesesteak and it was at the airport. That's, uh, that's a shame, man. Yeah, it is. But I did have like this pot roast sandwich uh, over the. What's the name of that place over there by the venue? Uh, the the Ready Terminal Market is a, is a oh, magical place. My gosh, that that is like Disneyland of food. It was amazing. Um, it was like this pot roast sandwich made by like this Amish family in, in their little uh, kind of re- restaurant set up there. And uh, I, I probably could have eaten twenty of those just because they were so delicious. Well, while you were doing that, there, I embarrassed myself eating a full 
pizza cheesesteak in front of Boone and Eric Lewis, and pizza it was it was it was embarrassing. I was like a little baby slapping marinara sauce around the table trying to scoot all up. That's awesome. Well, if you've if you've never been to Philadelphia or not familiar, Reading Terminal Market is this amazing uh, indoor market uh, right downtown. It was literally a couple blocks from the Word Word uh, Camp US venue. And it has, I mean, I don't even know how many vendors are in there. I would probably guess to say anywhere from 80 to 100 different vendors. Many of them are food vendors. Oh, for sure. And they all, every single food vendor has, like, a famous sandwich, at least one famous sandwich that is, like, known throughout the world as this is the sandwich to get. The food options are ridiculous. See, I couldn't um, live near there because if you were, if that was your option, like to go there every day, like you would be in the hospital, like I sick. Would, like, you would be rolling me out like the blue bear girl on uh, on Willy Wonka. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh yeah, I try to limit my bread these days, but I ate bread on every single meal in Seriously. Philly. Oh, yeah, man. crazy. I'm getting hungry. It. I got to be honest. Like I want to go back. <laughs> I, I, and, I, and I live in Philly, and I'm still, like, ex, you know, experiencing food there that I've never had. Like, I'm looking up different, um, you know, famous sandwiches. And so I tried some new ones this weekend, and they were just absolutely amazing. So so welcome to the, the Dragcast Food, special food edition. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with Guy Fury. Thank you, Guy <laughs> Fury. So, what, so what's new with you, Brian? Uh, so we last had you on. Do you remember the date? I had to look it up. It's I uh, don't remember the exact date. Put you on I the think it was there. maybe 50-something or 30 episode, I don't know. Episode 21. So you were, you were back there, man. You are back in 2013, August 7th of 2013 to be exact. So wow. um, a couple years ago. Yeah, that's a couple years wow, ago. Indeed. So that was, that was uh, before, well before I went full-time on post status. Yeah, um, I, I so believe pr- it absolutely was. So so tell us about that. So you're going, uh, to, for anyone maybe not familiar, which I would imagine everybody listening to the show probably is, but what is post status? And tell, tell us a little about the site and what you got going on there. So my my little phrase that I used to describe PostStatus is as a news and information site for WordPress professionals. And uh, there are free articles, but the biggest free content is a uh, podcast that's not a competitor to y'all. You know, it's complimentary. Well, obviously. Uh, uh, But (laughs) I do a podcast with uh, human-made co-founder and CTO Joe Hoyle, uh, and that's about once a week. And then there's also, you know, big posts like, uh, WordPress release posts and other stuff. So there's some free content, but the meat and potatoes is uh, three to four newsletters uh, a week that go in depth with uh, notes and information and news and all the kind of stuff that I've written for a long time, but now I do it for a living because um, I've been writing about WordPress since 2010. And I used to write about WordPress as I was learning it, even before I went full time. And so I wrote about WordPress for a couple of years. Um, on a different site, WP Candy, where we all are, uh, have been involved with at one Never point or another. It. Never heard of it. Uh, candy, and so then start, started post status and just kind of slowly evolved it um, until it, it turned into a, a, a full membership website. And, you know, pe- most people that have heard me on these things before have heard me probably over talk about it, so I won't go long, but went full time with it and turned it into a membership driven website. And, uh, with a mix of corporate partners. So there's 12 corporate partners that helped sustain me while I was building the, the membership base, and uh, they are all amazing. And then uh, at WordCamp US, that's about 11 months in now. Uh, we passed 500 members uh, for post status. So it's going great, and it's sustainable, and I'm loving it. Awesome. I mean, PostStatus has grown into uh, one of the more definitive resources, in my opinion. You mentioned the newsletter. Um, 
I think the newsletter for me personally is probably the most valuable thing. The most value I get out of post has is that newsletter because it shows up in my inbox. It's very straight and to the point and it has the information that I'm, that I want to see, you know, I don't have to sift through articles about meaningless stuff or maybe things that are interesting. It's the most important stuff kind of surrounding the WordPress community in one nice, concise newsletter. Um, and you send it out pretty consistently, uh, you know, at least what, every other day or so. It's yeah, like my, the, my the, goal uh, executive report, man. It's, it's delicious. It always Thanks. is delicious. Yeah. The goal is three to four times a week. It just kind of depends on what's important. Yeah, it's it's a great resource. If you haven't checked it out, go to poststatus.com. I think one of the things I love about it is that you have proven that this model can work. You can write about, um, in this case, WordPress, um, and and sustain yourself. You know, you're you're giving mean, meaningful content. Um, you're giving value to your members, and 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 therefore the members are very happy, and they're very very much all about spreading the word of post status. Um, we are as well. So I think it's you've you've proven the model is there. I think we all knew it was there, but. Um, uh, many people have kind of tried and and failed, whereas you have you have succeeded. So it's it's really awesome to see that. Yeah, it's been really amazing, and I'm extremely fortunate. And you know, getting to WordCamp US this last week was awesome because I got to see a lot of those members. Because you know, uh, some of them I know from events like you guys, uh, but a lot of folks I just know through the Slack channel that I have on Post Status, and uh, there must have been. Well over 150, maybe 200 post status members that were at WordCamp US, uh, and there were what 1,800 people at WordCamp US in total. So it was kind of a whirlwind event. It's a pretty good percentage. You know, one of the things that we saw in kind of the, the, the media or the reporting and, and the, uh, a lot of the things that you're covering over the years with these other sites and uh, services that were out there wasn't not just the sustainment side of things. I think that, that there was a couple of models that were that were working. There's some that are working beyond what you're doing. You're certainly taking it on with a, a, a partnership approach. It's a little bit different, but you're consuming a lot of the, the effort and overhead to do that. And I think one of the areas that have, has been a challenge um, is the burnout right of kind mm -hmm. of approaching one of these things is mm -hmm. is there something different in the way that you've modeled this or the way that you're approaching it brian that uh, that is helping you kind of through that in the event that wow this is just a lot of work overwhelming over time like what what, what does that look like is is that is that something that you're 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 gonna have to contend with um you know to a degree it's not too much different right now than some folks that are uh freelancers they experience burnout as much or more than i do um and the good thing is the community that I serve, if I'm burned out, yeah, they've told me, like, take a week off, man. You know, yeah. when, I had, when I had my son, like, 0, 0.0 people were upset that I took two weeks off. Um, and the great thing is during that time, uh, two times now, uh, Jafe Thompson, who is extremely experienced in the community and I trust to kind of preserve the – uh, intent of my voice that I use. Uh, he's kind of taken over and, and done some of the newsletter stuff while I've been out. Um, so I've tried to pull some folks in. Brian Richards' wife, uh, Katie Richards, uh, is amazing at managing the site. So if people make new orders and uh, fill out their profiles and all these things that require uh, an editor to, to keep an eye on, she manages all that stuff. So there's a, a miniature little team there and it's, it's going great. So I would like to pull on additional people at some point as the revenue and everything um, can sustain it. But as a, as a one, a primarily 
one full time person operation. Uh, right now, it's it's awesome. Um, maybe once I hit a thousand members or something, I'll have enough uh, revenue in the bank that I can commit, you know, to like a regular uh, secondary writer or something. But it's extremely important to me that the uh, the, the overall voice and the way that I deliver things, like what you mentioned, Brad, about giving you what's important and nothing else, uh, that has to be maintained. That's by far the biggest uh, feature that I feel like I offer people. Um, so that's that's important as I move forward. But yeah, so far, I mean, you just you just char- you just got to get through it. You know, I've dealt with burnout many times, and fortunately, now that I'm really doing something that I love. Uh, you can feel burnout coming sometimes, but I've learned a little better how to uh, av- avoid going head on into it and just taking a step back, maybe take a couple days off and, and gather myself. Yeah, I just tell Brad, look, I'm leaving for the hills in my Jeep. I'm going to go destroy rocks. That's wow. what's happening. Yeah, wow. man, everybody's Deuces. got their thing. <laughs> the uh, No, the passion shows, I mean, on on everything you're putting out, it is high-quality content, high-quality product that you're, you're, you're giving us, and I'm certainly proud to be a part of it all, being able to consume that. Um, keep on keeping on, brother. I can dig it. Uh, gosh, I think we have a lot of stuff to cover, uh, especially around uh, WordCamp. There is uh, U.S. There were so many awesome, awesome facets to it. So, Bradford, let's rock and roll, baby. Let's Do it. Stand by. Pressing topics of the week. And you're on. WordCamp US. US. I mean, I think, where else do we start but WordCamp US, right? All three of us attended. Um, I think over 1,800 tickets were sold. We're still kind of doing the final numbers on attendees, but it was um, pretty easy to say that it was the largest WordCamp ever. Um, Rightly so to be the first WordCamp US. So, I mean, initial thoughts, guys. What do you think? This is... Um, the first word, you know, the inaugural WordCamp US, impressed, 18, not impressed. 1,800, 1800 people on deck, and from what I understand, somewhere around seven 800 people uh, online. Yeah, live that's, stream. That, that's 2,500 wow. uh, folks uh, kind of watching in or tuning in to, to what was happening there. That's, um, to me, that, that it's like a happy birthday. You know, it's, it's a big gift. I think it shows us how we're growing and how we're aging, how the community is starting to progress. Um, this is typical to the early days of what I, I recall with South by Southwest and, and uh, similar conferences in different uh, technical spaces and markets. Uh, it's just going to get bigger. Uh, to me, it was very exciting to see that it still kept uh, that WordPress vibe at the event with that mm-hmm. amount of sheer amount of people that were there. Uh, and we're kind of party animals, so it was exciting to see more of that South by Southwest in the networking events. Uh, some would argue that it's challenging no. to get any of that business stuff done there because you really can't hear yourself think. Uh, <laughs> but, but there was there's there was time for it. I, I'm su- super super excited about how the event turned out. Yeah, I definitely felt like a uh, more grown up vibe, but without like losing the the soul of the WordPress community. Um, I thought it was awesome. It was really well done. So props to you, Brad, and the other organizers. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, being one of the co-organizers, it's certainly interesting having that kind of insider perspective. But that's a great point about kind of not losing the soul. And that's kind of, it kind of speaks to WordPress as a whole, right? Like everything in the WordPress community, we always talk about, you know, having a pulse and and having a soul and not just being this kind of very rigid zeros and ones and, you know, like the old school IBM days or something. And and you see that in WordPress core and you see that at events. Um, and I think it was important that that vibe always stays, you know, regardless of the size, like WordPress is growing. 
these events are going to keep growing. Word, word camps in general are getting bigger, even at the local stage. You know, some word camps that maybe had 100 people a couple years ago are now around two or three or 400. You know, they're growing because WordPress is growing. So it's nice to know that um, that, that was still there and present and that you guys saw that. I certainly saw that. I think it was something that we were conscious of on the organizing team that, yes, it's a word camp. Yes, we're aiming for it to be the biggest one ever, but it also is a word camp and we want it to feel like a word camp, just a bigger one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best yeah. response. Yes. That's Nailed it. Nailed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, really, I mean, what stands out? I mean, if you think about just the, whole, the, the event as a whole, you know, there's a lot of different aspects. You got sessions, you got, you know, parties, you have the state of the word, you have the venue in the city and the people, you know, what really stood out to you guys is kind of the, the thing that you, you really felt like was the best part for you, you know, personally at this event. I I'm, felt, I'm, go okay. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I uh, felt like the, uh, the way the sponsors were integrated into the hallway track was great for delivering value to the sponsors and creating a really fun vibe in that area. You know, sometimes, uh, sponsors can get kind of shoved off to the side mm-hmm. and, I think that this time where you had this huge hallway where the coffee was and it was between the session rooms, it really brought the sponsors in. And I think it really helped people connecting with everybody and everybody just having a a good time between sessions. And there was always uh, like the hallway track was like fully endorsed. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like people off in the corners uh, taking a break from sessions. And I thought that felt really cool the way that was done. Yeah, that was full, full speed the entire event, right? Like right there in the hallways, fact. which is it the premise fact. of this show. Yeah, I mean, this, that's fact. that's that's where we started Dragcast. Like that's what this is about. So for me, walking through there, I didn't catch many sessions, but to be in the hallways talking with uh, you know vendors and and uh, the different sponsors, and just you know the the, the faces and and uh, personas that you know from from uh, WordPress, new people coming up left and right, it was crazy. So you got kind of a bit of everything that's community. And that what this community has grown to right there in the hallway, man, that was that was super impressive. But the sessions were really crowded too. Still, I feel like uh, Brad, you may know this better than me, but were the was the capacity of the session rooms intentionally lower than the number of attendees at the conference in order to, you know, support both the hallway track and the sessions? I don't know if it was intentional, but it was certainly discussed. Um, you know, you could have five hundred people at an event, and there will never be five hundred people sitting down. You know. Right. It just doesn't happen, um, and and especially at like a WordCamp San Fran in years past, um, because a large percentage of attendees um, are you know professionals in this field, and they're they aren't the attendees that are in sitting in the the sessions to learn. They're the attendees in the hallway, you know, networking and talking to partners and and talking to potential new partners and you know look talking to sponsors and things like that. So. Um, that was certainly um, thought of. There were definitely some some presentations that were, you know, it was hard to find a seat, and there were other ones mm-hmm. that maybe weren't as full. But yeah, overall, I don't think we had concerns about about the seating. I don't, I don't think I saw any session, and I wasn't in all of them, obviously. But I don't think I saw any that were like standing room only. Um, I know there were some mm-hmm. were very some were very full, but there I think there were still chairs. It's just a matter of. Do you feel like asking people to slide down or not? <laughs> yeah, it was it was the right amount of full. It was yeah. like you could, you yeah. could tell it was packed and folks were interested, but it wasn't it wasn't like uncomfortable. Right. Um, yeah, 
And, the shorter you know, the lighting sessions, every session I sat in uh, had a lot of dialogue too, right? So it was a lot of uh, uh, discussion kind of oriented approach versus just this, hey, here's my presentation, see you later, at least in, in the stuff that I saw. Um, so that, that was pretty cool. Yeah, and I feel like the uh, – I did a flash talk and it was good and I had the expectation that it was going to be short and it went well and folks came up and asked me questions and I have like a blog post that I'm following up with it. So that's a way I felt like I could handle a shorter flash talk. But I felt like the length for the regular sessions uh, pretty much nailed it to give – Enough time for the speaker to get concise points across, but also leave some Q and A time. Yeah, so the the, the full sessions were were thirty five minutes total, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a good time to be honest. Because once you start getting past that thirty to forty minute mark, um, it's long. You know what I mean? It's a long session. Yeah. Like even forty five minutes is a there's a huge difference between thirty five and forty five minutes when it comes to a to a presentation. It, whether you're giving it or whether you're listening to it, you know, um, it's very different. I like that kind of 30 to 35 minute mark. I think, like you said, it's enough time to get to get into some of the, some of the deepness of your topic, but also get a few questions, but not draw it out to the point where, you know, people are nodding off um, and maybe not paying attention or to your kind of extending it and just really kind of yeah. adding fluff, you know? Absolutely. It's in, in years past, they've tried some different things at WordCamp San Fran. I don't know if you guys remember the year it was like 15 minute talks. Yeah, it was too short. Uh, yeah, and, it was like, and it Wait. was like back to it was like two in a row or three in a row and then a break. And it was really weird. You know, it was almost like pseudo lightning talk. I don't know. It was just strange. Um, yeah, I, I went didn't... to a talk. I remember a talk specifically by Chris Coyer at that one where he was doing like 12 tips for speeding up your website or something like that. And by the time he hit number six, he was like, just like, okay, this is number seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> you know, it's just like super, yeah. super. <laughs> Did not time <rushed>. that well. <laughs> and he wasn't, well, he wasn't going slow. It was just like talks for like 12 yeah. minutes. It was ridiculous. And then we had the lightning room, um, which, uh, you know, gave shorter, shorter presentations. And that gave us an opportunity to get some more speakers on stage. We had over, over 250 speaker applications. Um, wow. And a good majority of them were solid, you know, present, you know, solid submissions, solid speakers with the history. So it was difficult. You know, it was not easy. You can imagine that, you know, even on a, a smaller WordCamp, even when we do WordCamp Philly, it's it's quite a chore to get that speaker and schedule, you know, list put together. Um, WordCamp US was take that and times it by about 50 uh, because it's like a who's who of people submitting presentations. So rather than just have two or even three normal tracks, we were like, you know what, let's do one that's lightning. That way you can just get a few more people in there. Um, it's still really legit content. still gives them enough time to get a little bit of, of the, the meat across, right? Enough to, to kind of, for you to decide as an audience member, does this pique your interest? Yes? Awesome. It's enough that I, can, I got a little bit that I can go and do some research on my own. If it doesn't pique your interest, all right, this will be over in a minute, you know, and something, somebody else will be up next. So um, I kind of like having that mix of, you know, a couple rooms dedicated to normal sessions and then also a room dedicated to lightning talks. Definitely. Did you guys sit in on any of the lightning talks? Yep. Yeah. I I saw, actually, I sat in on a couple with you. We did. And then I think it was towards the end of the day and we were like, you know what? I can't sit down right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was that point in the day, like three or four, <laughs> where you're just like, I have to stand. Like, I, no disrespect to the speaker. Whatever they're talking about is great, but I'm I'm just I'm gonna nod off. You know what I mean? Like that kind of end of the day grind. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I tried to split my attendance about halfway between uh, sessions and lightning talks, and then halfway in the hallway track and interviewing people and grabbing media and you know doing all the other newsy things. 
Yeah. You mentioned kind of going back to the, the hallway track. I really, um, it's kind of, it, it was, it was cool to hear you say, uh, cause I'm still, we're still hearing feedback, you know, as organizers, like we're getting feedback, I'm reading recaps and stuff. So it's kind of neat to get this perspective. Um, but, to to hear you kind of acknowledge having the, the hallway track kind of mixed with the sponsors. So if you weren't at the event, um, just to kind of lay it out for you, we had basically one hallway that had two tracks in it. Those were the two, like, you know, regular kind of presentation tracks. And, and when you, you say hallway, you mean like four uh, football fields, like a pretty <laughs> wide hallway, which got pretty packed when those rooms let out, you know, like it got full. Um, but then it basically made like a horseshoe. So you come down the hallway and then that was kind of sponsor row. Um, which was where the coffee was at, you know, all the sponsors. And you had to kind of walk through the sponsors to get to the other room at the other end of the horseshoe, which was the lightning talk. So it kind of, it did kind of force people through there, um, which was, you know, very intentional because we wanted the sponsors to have a good presence. I mean, just to put a little context around that, and Matt mentioned this in a state of the word, but the top four sponsors um, donated more than $275,000. So this, I mean, this was by no means an, a cheap event. This is a legit big event, you know, you're talking, and that was just the top four sponsors. Um, there was a lot of money here. So it was nice to, to see that they, they, they really got some great traction from what I heard and, and people were really interacting and it was fun, man. That whole, that sponsor row was a lot of fun to be honest. Brad, we need to, re- uh, we need to figure out how to translate your sponsor recruiting capabilities to the Dradcast and post status <laughs> to figure out how we can get our top four sponsors to give us $275,000. Yeah. <laughs> we get a daily newsletter if that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get a daily Dradcast if that shit happens. Tell me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Hey, Alex, we'll fly to your offices like this. <laughs> I got, you know, in years past at San Fran, I remember looking at the sponsorship packages and thinking, man, how are they charging so much? Like, that's so much money. Like, there's just, it's, it was kind of at the time, even just a few years ago, it was pricing out pretty much everybody except for hosting companies, you know, um, from sponsoring. Uh, I think one year the, the lowest level was 10 grand. Um, and that's a lot of money. I don't care what size you are, 10 grand's a lot of money, right? So, uh, but as the community's grown, We've seen a lot more than just hosting companies. There were certainly plenty of hosting companies there, but we, we saw a lot more hosts um, outside of the hosting companies, some different products, some security companies. Um, so it's kind of neat to see that space grow as well. And now kind of, again, being behind the scenes, I understand why it costs so much because some of these prices are ridiculous when you get into venues like the convention center in Philadelphia. You know, it's expensive, really expensive. Big money, man. They make big money. They do. So it kind of put it for that perspective what do you i mean so i'm from philly if you're listening you don't know i live in philly um so this was in my city which was awesome to see everybody come into town um enjoy not only event but enjoy the city but i mean what did you guys think you know having this in philly was this the right place to have this event dude i've told you time and time again if i can be over there like every other week i probably would i'd certainly never leaving southern california by by my own uh regard uh as terms of living but uh, to to go visit i love love philly um in the history there uh, around it and this being a pretty historical event um in it being the first word camp us but the 10th um 10th word camp right like that's that's crazy uh i think it's a perfect place for it mm-hmm. you know, yeah, location but- wise there, there's there, there's something to be said about you know uh, the location and, and what i mean by that is you're certainly helping folks coming over from Europe, but it's it's a bit of a disadvantage folks coming over from, let's say, Japan and Australia in that area because they've got that extra hop. Um, for us in the U.S., I mean, no big deal. I mean, a flight flight over to the East Coast, but um, overall, geez, Philly, it's game time. 
Yeah, well, and on the same note, though, it was faster for people from Europe to get there, too. Yeah, that's of course. Um, I thought Philly was great. Uh, I didn't stay in the venue area. I was actually quite a bit north of town. Um, <laughs> you stayed uh, in a great area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even where we stayed, I mean, we never felt unsafe or anything. And um, we, of course, could have stayed closer. But I organized an Airbnb with, like, 14 people. Um, so... Even where we were, it was only like a 20-minute drive uh, into downtown. So it was super convenient to get around the city pretty quickly. And, you know, the food was great. The uh, the stuff around WordCamp was great. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see any of the touristy stuff. It's just I had to cut something, and that's what I cut. Um, but I know a lot of people went and saw the Liberty Bell and, you know, Ben Franklin's house and all these cool historic Philly sites. Uh, so I thought it was an, an awesome city. And... I'm glad that the weather was as cooperative as it was because uh, there were a number of people that were like, oh, I'm not going to Philly because it's going to be cold. And, you know, they missed, like, beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, so good for them on yeah, missing it. Just <laughs> not going to the world's biggest uh, WordPress event because they were afraid of being chilly because between their Uber cold. and their venue. Yeah, it's not like we're hanging out outside, you know, <laughs> like other than <laughs> walking from one place to another, which if we you're worked on the cold, internet, you could man. get an Uber or something. Yeah, we work on the internet. We're not gonna we're not gonna just be outside all the time. Yeah, I was I was very happy with how the the weather held out, like you said. I mean that was great. I think that was everyone's biggest concern. You're talking, you know, East Coast, Philly, um, in wintertime, right? And in years and past more- there's been blizzards around that time of year, so but it was great, yeah. man. It was like fifties, it's sunny, you know, all weekend and rain at all. Like it was just beautiful. Uh, Philly really shined. I feel I like to think that Philly really um, seemed to have put on its, its best face because the, the town definitely gets kind of a bad rap and a lot of people that had attended ha- hadn't been to Philly before and it was their first time and just hearing some feedback, they really enjoyed it. It's a beautiful city. There's a lot of great architecture, a ton of history. Um, there's a lot more than just what you hear on the news. You hear the bad stuff, right? You don't really hear the good stuff. So I think it's, I was very proud of the city. Um, I think it shined really well. I actually heard that a, a couple of the guys uh, or group went to the, the Rocky Steps you know, over at the art museum. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And witness a proposal at the top of the steps, so someone uh, got you know got engaged right in front of them, which is kind awesome. of a cool memory. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to hear. Um, so if, if you're not if you're not in the know, uh, WordCamp US is going to be in Philly again next year. So um, the original plan for Matt, which he's sticking with, is that it's going to the location for WordCamp US will will be in the same city two years in a row, and then it will move. So next year will be the last year for Philly, as far as I know. Um, it's going to be, I believe, the 2nd through the 4th of 2016. Tickets are actually already on sale, if you can believe that. Yeah. Um, so you can get your ticket early. Um, and that's great for organizers, too, because awesome you don't have to repeat all the work. I mean, a <laughs> lot of the, the locations are set. Like, the ven- the venue's already set, locked in. You know, that's done. So that was a biggie, you know. So I, And that's the reason, because it's such a huge undertaking um, that if you can build relationships and negotiate contracts – for two, two years, year contracts. Mm-hmm. you can get some you can get some deals and get a lot better a lot better uh, hookup around that. So, um, yeah, I mean, overall, is is a pretty amazing event. What uh, let's talk about the state of the word a little bit. I mean, that's kind of the the, the showcase piece of the event, right, Matt? So for me, this is the most the, the most amazing state of the word in the sense that uh, uh, you see Matt Mullenweg on stage looking like he's walking. Walking in into some uh, one of the offices at the White House in his suit. Um, Don't you mean Matt was, Mullenberg? Mullenberg, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mullenberg, yeah. 
Uh, it was it was pretty cool. The, the the vibe was was super intense. I think it was pretty neat. Yeah, I think he was nervous. He, you know, I can he, never. He did a great job, but I felt like he was definitely a little nervous at the beginning. You think so? Well, yeah, that probably was nice. one of the bigger audiences he spoke. With. I mean, that room was. I mean, it looked like an airplane hangar or something. So you can oh, imagine a room that can fit. The, that room can fit over two thousand people. I think so. It's a massive stage. Yeah, I thought I thought he did a great job, and um, I know the pressure's on in a thing like this because I mean personally. I reference Matt's state of the word and like what he promises and stuff for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely, yeah. he definitely works hard on the content to make sure that he's kind of setting the direction for, for the year to come. So the coolest thing I think, well, there's a couple cool things, but one of the coolest things of the state of the word this year was the way it started. So you mentioned Matt was kind of decked out, which is he's usually dressed up, right? But not straight up suit and tie. Um, and I think he like, made a joke, like you know, the 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 two the only two guys wearing a suit are on stage right now. Um, <laughs> it was Matt, and there was actually a, a, a Philadelphia City Councilman David O um, on stage, and um, everyone was kind of curious what was going on. So they actually did a decree and announced that December fifth, twenty fifteen, um, is recognized as WordPress Day in the city of Philadelphia, uh, which is which is really cool, and and and. Not the least amount because um, my name was mentioned in the decree. decree. So it's like I, I feel like I'm going down the history books of Philly. Like my name's in something on a, on a particular day. But to know that December 5th is WordPress Day in Philadelphia is is a pretty pretty freaking cool, you know? Oh, yeah. He was wearing a red tie, which is pretty cool. Uh, it, it, oh, yeah, man. It speaks to, it speaks to power, and uh, that was pretty slick. American power aesthetic, isn't it? It's is pretty cool. Is that a Donald Trump tie? I can't tell from here. Or Ronald Reagan. <laughs> uh, but he got into the state of the word, um, you know, went through a lot of the stats and kind of milestones. And, I mean, what beyond, you know, the WordPress day, which is pretty freaking awesome, what stood out from the state of the word? Any, any particular items that he mentioned that really kind of stood out for you guys? There were two things that I really liked. Uh, one, I loved that he brought the release lead, Scott Taylor, on stage to talk about some of the specifics of WordPress 4.4. That was different, right? I don't think he had done that before. Like, In fact, I think else. I mentioned that during the talk to you, Brad. I was like, whoa, this is really, really different. Yeah, I think you were like, well, this is strange. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kinda, not typical, right? He doesn't usually do that. Sure, it's more like one of the Apple keynotes or something where they bring up the specialist or something. Right, right, right. Um, but I thought Scott did a great job, and he said something that I really liked. He said that uh, when WordPress adopts modern technologies, the Internet adopts modern technologies. That's a great great line. And even though Scott said that about responsive images, I felt like that quote plays well towards what Matt was talking about in regards to uh, kind of this ideology of open APIs that he was expressing and how – he really thinks that that's important for a more open web and WordPress's future, and he he kind of based all of that on the REST API infrastructure going into core, and he spent a lot of time on APIs and um, the REST API with the featured projects. And props to you, Brad, getting the getting a project up there for Brad and Dre both yeah, get a project up there for web dev, um, mm-hmm. and then um, just generally putting this level of importance around javascript for for wordpress folks um i thought that was by far people's biggest takeaway based on folks i talked to 
Yeah, those were those are certainly some of the some of the key spots. Obviously, the you know getting Web Dev Studios getting a mention in the state of the word is is very exciting, um, and you know just not for me and for Dre, but also for the whole team. You know, like just for the, a project that the team really put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into. Um, so set the record straight because Matt was joking about it. What the heck is Microsoft Dynamics? Oh, you gonna put me on the spot like that? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close uh, up there. It's, yeah, it's it's a CRM, bro. We're gonna go uh, CRM. Yeah, right. I mean, it, it basically is a CRM at enterprise level, right? So I think that's where it gets confusing. As soon as you get into enterprise level stuff, you know, things get very confusing to understand. But at the end of the day, it is a CRM. Um, so you know, Matt mentioned one of the projects we, we did with uh, Dynamics, where we're essentially you know using the REST API to push content from a staging to a production environment, and also pull that into their their actual you know physical installed um, you know uh, program. Uh, the Dynamics AX program, so like in the help panes, we can pull in help documents through their, from their wiki right into that so people can search help directly from the program, um, again, using the REST API. So it's really, really cool stuff. Um, but, yeah, you know, that mention was great. I thought I thought it was kind of funny because at the end, somebody during the question piece, he didn't get into a lot of stats from the survey, mm-hmm. which was strange because he usually does. And somebody, like, I think the first question somebody called him out on it was like, hey, what about that survey? Got any stats? And he was like, uh, you know, we might do a follow-up post. So it was kind of – it was different this year, right? Because usually that was a, a big focus of of the, the state of the word is kind of that survey. But it wasn't this year. Yeah, and it interested me too. It's actually on my to-do list to follow up and figure out uh, whether there's just the normal kind of growth that we've seen and that's been well reported, or if there's like some kind of hidden stat in there that uh, you know not makes him not, <laughs> not want to get out there. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I don't think that's really the case. I think there were just other things he wanted to focus on. Sure. But um, and the biggie is that WordPress powers you know. A- 25% of the internet now like that, you know, yeah. that mark had been passed a, a month or two prior. So, and that was the big one that I'm sure was going to be in there anyways. That was, you know, mentioned. So, although I, I still would love to see those numbers. I think that uh, get out to the WordPress world. And, um, there's actually been a couple of years where we really didn't get great eyeballs on those. So I'd love to see them. Yeah. I hope they do a post just to kind of, yeah, be transparent and get those numbers out. Cause it's, again, you kind of mentioned, how you reference the state of the word, uh, those numbers, are what you know, are part of that, right? We all kind of reference mm-hmm. that, and it helps us see the growth in certain areas, and maybe the decline in other areas. Like you see the big growth in the app side of WordPress. Well, we, you know that's been happening for the last few years, and you know, web dev, we've been you know right in the middle of that. So like, it's something that we've been not you know paying attention to and trying to get ahead of the curve on that. Um, you know, not just from that survey, but it certainly kind of validated what we were seeing too. Um, and what we are doing, even though we are a bit ahead of, of you know, when, when it wasn't really the norm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, yeah, to me, probably one of the biggest things was the total total numbers uh, thrown out there uh, around the WordCamps in general. Uh, be, being, being I've uh, been to about a million of them. It's slowed down probably in the last year or two, but I've been to a cubic ton of these. But, you know, we're up to 89 camps uh, this year. In 2015 alone, over twenty five or 21,000 attendees in over 34 countries. That's that's insane. So so cool to see from where it was, you know, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I had uh, the Q and A was pretty interesting. I've actually uh, uh, queued up one of the questions I thought was was uh, really stood out for me, um, and I was very interested to hear Matt's take on it. So let me uh, let me put that for you guys. Get your thoughts on it. 
My name's Mika. I work in California, and I have a very, I, I guess, unique and apparently prolific relationship with plugins and plugin developers, uh, fairly <laughs> different from most people. I do the pl a lot of the plugin reviews on .org, and one of the things I've been hearing from plugin developers recently, and also people who support plugins and WordPress, is that the constant stream of WordPress major releases has started to put a drain on resources, and this is from people who are individuals who don't have the depth of resources that WordPress does when it comes to testing beta versions of their plugins, or even just supporting people when they do a major upgrade. And while I am an advocate for the rapid release cycles of WordPress, I do start to wonder if updating four times a year, which is what we will be doing this year, is perhaps a little bit too fast to allow our developers to keep up with the changing ecosystem, to learn JavaScript, to learn the REST API, and all of the things that are moving so quickly. Are we perhaps moving just a little too fast, and maybe we should turn it down by one? <laughs> and Mika was very modest there. She's part of the team that reviews those 9,000 plugins that we added this year. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I quite enjoy it. <laughs> I'm glad you do. <laughs> um, it's funny because at every, every time society starts moving faster, everyone thinks it's the end of society. Like when trains were first there, people were like, human bodies were not meant to go this fast. <laughs> Which is actually kind of a reasonable thing to think about when you think about it. Like, <laughs> In all of past, you know, million years, human bodies have moved like up to maybe the speed of a horse, and now we're taking them faster than that. So what happens? Um, I think that this is this is our train. <laughs> I think I called it a release train earlier. Like three releases a year seems fast, and is that too fast for software developers? Can they keep up? Um, I think well, one thing we can do is as we do these major updates, you know, be more proactive by improving the plugin directory so that users. And can share the burden of some of the testing and perhaps even some of the updating, you know, making plugins so they're less, you know, I don't think any plugin should be a one-person shop. It's best when there's many people involved. Just like if you look at everything that's doing super well in WordPress, including the plugin review team, it's a team. I'm going to stop it there because it does go on for a bit. Uh, Matt's, Matt's answers are pretty long in the Q&A, but I thought the question was very interesting um, and one that, that I've thought about and I think other developers think about, especially that have plugins and themes out there. So I'd like to get your guys' take on it. I mean, is WordPress actually moving too fast? Trey, you got it first? It, you know, it, it depends Trey's taking on a little snooze over there. That was a, well, that was no, a long clip. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot to consume and think about. I think that it, 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 it depends. I mean, uh, for developers, probably in, in some instances, in some circles, resources are a consideration there. Um, when you look at other projects, maybe the size of a WordPress in the open source community, they they generally don't have that many releases in their in their in their life cycle. Um, so when you compare it to those things, yeah, I mean, I think I think it is it is moving pretty quickly. Uh, I think that the audience, as large as it is, is it, overall. Uh, yearning for those those changes and those additions and those those cool kind of groundbreaking things that uh, are little by little being implemented in WordPress. Uh, so in that instance, maybe not fast enough. Um, so I, I really think it's it's an audience based question. Uh, to you, it's probably going to be faster, uh, uh, moving a little bit faster than than they say someone that's consuming it and using it as a tool but not developing on it. So um, 
I like his train analogy. Um, and I think that overall, over time, uh, those that it may be moving a, a bit too fast for will probably uh, find a way to, to, to keep holding on to, to the side rails of that train as it's moving down the rail. So uh, I think it's at, at a good pace for me personally. Yeah, I definitely think uh, too fast is better than too slow. Um, we wouldn't want WordPress to stagnate. Um, but I don't think it's going to get slower. Um, I think the, the direction things are going, um, if you look at auto updates that were introduced for minor versions and now we're starting to see them pushed out for vulnerable plugins and things like that, um, I think inevitably we're m- moving more towards a Chrome style update process where it's feature driven and it's automatic. Um, and I think that Matt mentioned some things about being team based. So essentially, I guess if you have a plugin author that's not updating along with a new feature of WordPress, then the community can step up to do that for them, which is fascinating to think of. Uh, in context of free plugins that have a back end that have a business model attached to them for like upsells and other things but I, it's definitely there are definitely some challenges there that we're going to have to deal with but i think that uh, as much as i appreciate uh, mika's concerns i feel like we will continue to get faster and you know i think that the, the set will evolve to adapt to it Listen, what we've just done right now is we put we put WordPress into the mechanic shop and under the hood now we just installed a supercharger with the WP REST API. That's the reality. So if we're if we're thinking this is going to slow down, it's in fact probably going to increase its speed significantly with the abilities um, that the REST API gives it. And, and and we're talking this on the day after the release of, of Clifford WordPress 4.4. This is this is not up and coming. This is reality. Like this is where we're going. So I, I think that it's exciting. I, I, again, I, I understand the constraints, and we could you know where her concerns are. I certainly respect uh, where, where where she's coming from there. But um, there are some exciting things that we can re- really grab onto here and continue to be part of that 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 uh, that freight train. That's that's hauling ass, man. I think I think it's a great spot. What no, what, what well, really captures? Sorry, one, go ahead. There's one thing I just I forgot to mention. Uh, what makes this okay, in my opinion, is WordPress has a long history of really uh, being good about back and pat. And as long as that continues to be our mantra that it's user first and back and pat is important, then a fast train's not so bad. Yeah, I most definitely agree. Choo-choo. Well, 4.4 is here, man. I think the caboose is moving along. Uh, Brad, did you have anything else to add there? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 4.4. Clifford. Introduces 2016 uh, responsive images, embedding everything. Like, that's that's pretty cool. WP REST API, like, this is is where we're going. We've talked about it pretty much every episode since this uh, season of of Dragcast has started. It's, It's where we're going. Yeah, I mean, we discussed this uh, a couple episodes ago um, in our legit or quit. And I think we, um, Dre, I believe you and I agreed. I personally think that this is the biggest WordPress release ever. And I put it above 3.0, which I think a lot of people think is the biggest one um, and probably one of the clear larger updates just because of some of the underlying technology that was shipped, mainly around the REST API. Um, term meta is a huge one. I, I think a lot of yeah. people overlook how how um, important term meta is and how 
big of a void that fills, um, especially on the development side of the house. You can you can attach arbitrary pieces of data to terms uh, within your taxonomies. That's huge. There's also the multi-site got a big big update um, as well that has a lot of kind of fixed a lot of the underlying technologies and made it a little bit more standardized to work against. So underneath the hood. Um, is what gets me extremely excited about this release, which most users don't care about, but I do. So to me, this is the biggest WordPress release that I've ever seen. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> oh, shut you Because this is my I, show. <laughs> every, everybody's on board. Uh, the, the, the Clifford train, man, that's uh, what's up. And, I, you know, before we move on here, I want to give a quick shout-out to the 471 contributors with props in the 4.4 release. Uh, for those that didn't know, Clifford Brown uh, was a jazz player in the early 1900s. Uh, we appreciate the name. We appreciate all the contributions. 4.4 is a moving. Man, I t- I t- these episodes, Brad, are going too fast these days, but I, we can't leave this episode without talking about Pagely. Pagely is the most scalable WordPress hosting platform in the world, and we are lucky to be sponsored by them. Uh, they've uh, taken on... Uh, our craziness and crazy antics uh, through the end of the year. They're offering two-factor authentication for you security geeks out there making sure that you got a second means to make sure that, uh, that the right people are logging into your accounts. Press DNS. They're handling uh, all of your DNS stuff in-house now, which is pretty cool, uh, and with a bunch of pages caching notes as well. So this is some cool stuff that they're deploying over there. Uh, so go check them out if you get an opportunity. If you're in the market for a virtual private server, they've got some rapid deploy VPS capabilities now. So ask them about that. I think it's uh, it's something to, to be said for what they've done uh, since the early days of managed WordPress hosting, uh, being, being the first folks on the market. So when you get a chance, if you're looking for hosting and with a myriad of different uh, services and offerings, head over to Pagely.com. Uh, they will hook you up. Gosh, you know, runs on Pagely too. What's that? Post status runs on Pagely too. Well, there you have it. There I don't you know about it. that Strebel guy though. I'll tell you, post status and Pagely knows how to throw a party. That's all I know. Um, <laughs> oh yes, had one of the better WordCamp US parties. Had a good time there. Thanks. That that is, I don't know, it's not even arguable. It was outstanding. <laughs> it was a good time. Um, we're gonna we're gonna throw, do a little throwback here on uh, the Dragcast, being that we've got a kind of an old school throwback. Host, we're going to take it back a little bit and, and bring you to our closing segment, Bar Tricks. Let me show you a bar trick. Dad. Oh, yes. Oh, this is definitely throwing it back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, why don't you rock and roll, baby? Oh, man. All right. Well, it's the uh, it's the holiday season. Um, and, you know, December, a lot of people like to do advent calendars. So there's actually an advent calendar for web geeks out there. It's at 24, the number, 24ways.org. Um, it's already, we're on day nine, so we're nine days into the advent calendar. But if you're a web geek and you're into kind of web technologies and dev and design, um, they're, they're putting out a nice little kind of post every day um, through Christmas, the next 25, up to December 25th. Um, so you can kind of subscribe, check that out. Um, it's pretty neat. I mean, it's it's an advent calendar for web geeks. So check it out, 24ways.org. I love it. Um, I, I was going to do a, kind of a business app here, but I really got to take this into a better place. We were at uh, uh, WordCamp US, and uh, my uh, I am the better looking half, but the nicer half, Brad, was there, and he had spoken um, at uh, at Brad Octave level. On Friday night, for those who don't know, uh, you're gonna have to join us at at a word camp, and we will uh, we will show you in person. Classic but he William. lost his voice. 
He lost his voice and he found an app named I've Lost My Voice <laughs> in, in, uh, the iTunes, in, in iTunes. He downloaded it. It opens up with a screen that's got uh, an attention bell. So it just he's walking around with his, with his iPhone ringing his bell through the, the conference floor. Couldn't talk, so it's got built-in quick responses at a push button. Look, he's nailing it right now. So you, you could do simple phrases like "yes, no, please, fine, hot, cold, and comfortable," which I, I don't even know why that would be on there. A little creepy, but what do you know? It's got built-in type and speak, so you can type into the keyboard and it'll actually translate it for you. Uh, and I think the, the kind of the coolest one is got little icons for the different <laughs> different uh, little snippets that you want to play. So. From cough syrup to water to ice cream, I, some I don't yogurt. even know. Some yogurt, please. <laughs> some yogurt, please. Crazy. That, that's my bark tip. Nice. Thank you, Dre. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> you spoke with your Christmas lights. Oh, so good. And yet your bar trick in our show notes is not what you just did. I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> it was a surprise. So mine is uh, say yes to https.org, which is a website by Eric Lewis. And it is uh, a little guide to say what is HTTPS, how HTTPS works, and a setup guide. And this is important for a couple of reasons. One, um, HTTP2 is a lot faster uh, for the web. And as support for HTTP2 uh, is enabled, it requires HTTPS. Um, and also, in light of a lot of security issues going on in the world and, and whatnot, HTTPS is more important than ever. And uh, Let's Encrypt just launched, which allows free certs. And this has a guide for hooking up with Let's Encrypt. So you can get a free cert on your website. You can use this guide. You get hooked up. And you can enable support for HTTP2 and get HTTPS all in one. So it's a nice resource by Eric Lewis. You know, so I, I I consider myself a security guy. You just nailed it, and I'm over here making fun of Brad with uh, with lost my voice applications. <laughs> awesome, and that pretty much sums up our show. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, definitely want to get encrypted. The less encrypted is really cool because you can basically get a certificate for free. Um, I have not used it yet because it just came out a, a, a few days ago. I think last week, um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's in beta. It's, it's but great to hear of... that more of the web is getting secure, and and we're kind of. Lowering the barrier to entry on HTTPS and getting more more sites signed up on that. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. cool. I, I like throwing it back. Bar tricks are always fun. I don't think we'll ever get rid of those. No, I think uh, you know. I think we've nailed it with this with this kind of revolving segment. It's a pretty pretty good uh, time. Brian, it's always amazing speaking with you. Had a great time at uh, lunch with you this weekend, hanging out and chatting for a bit, man. Um, you know, talking a little bit about uh, some of the exercise uh, programs and stuff that you're you're involved in. A little bit of jujitsu, kind of the differences and contrasts in in, uh, in martial arts, which is pretty neat. Um, it was a fun time. Uh, where, you know, what uh, what's on your schedule? What's coming up for you? Man, I'll be at a day of rest in January, which is in London. I'm the content partner. Uh, for that conference, which is all about the REST API. I probably haven't written a newsletter in the last 100 editions that didn't mention the REST API. So if you want to learn more about it, if you listen to Matt's show, that's a great conference to go to. Uh, and it's in London, you know, pretty nice little benefit there. Um, chips. And then I will be at Pressnomics in March. Always awesome. I'm planning to be at WooConf in April. and I should be uh, there. Uh, and I'll be in Vienna for WordCamp Europe in June. So, Man, you're hitting I've, the circuit. 
Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm still trying to convince Brad to do it. I'd like to get over to Vienna as well. I'm jealous. I, w- I would like to go to all of those. <laughs> I don't know if I'll go to any of them, but I certainly will try to hit a few of them for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to budget maybe like six events a year or so. Uh, so those are the ones that I've planned through the summer. Those are some solid events for sure. Yeah, Brian, where can folks find you online? What's the best place to send them to? Uh, Postas.com is always the best place. Uh, sign up at postas.com slash club. Uh, thanks for the free ad. And uh, on on Twitter and whatnot, at Krogsgard. Uh, good. Yeah, no doubt. Couldn't recommend post status enough. Uh, I Again, it's, it's happiness in my inbox, so I appreciate it. Keep up the awesome work. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a great episode. You can find uh, Brad at, at WilliamsBA on Twitter, myself at, at Dre Meta. For the Rad and Dread, I'm the Doctor. Thanks for joining us on episode 85 with uh, no one other than Mr. Krogs, Brian Krogsgar. Thanks, y'all are awesome. Later. Thanks for listening. If you have content for the show, want to submit to be a guest host, or just want to listen to previous shows, visit DreadCast.com. While you're there, make sure you click the iTunes subscribe link to catch us on iTunes. Don't forget to follow at DreadCast on Twitter. Join Brad and Dre for a new guest host next time on another episode of the DreadCast.